It is Friday, September 18th, 2020, and you are listening to the Federalist Forum, a constitutional think tank for every patriotic American. Today on the Federalist Forum, I'm going to help you break free from the media narrative. We'll share some valuable resources and how to use them together to find the truth in the events as they occur. Coming up next on the Federalist Forum. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Federalist Forum. I'm your host, Tom. Thank you for tuning into the podcast that's become a popular resource for conservative truth and activism. The podcast that is fueled by liberal tears, which is evident by the reviews it receives by leftist haters. That's true. <laughs> I have one in particular who has taken time to review me twice now with such wonderfully nice things to say. Okay, I'm lying. She's a miserable wretch with penis envy like most liberal women. <laughs> but anyway, if you've watched mainstream media, and we all have, and you're on the right side of the aisle, which we most listening to this podcast are, uh, you are, of course, a racist, climate-killing, fascist homophobe who hates women and drinks the blood of small mammals under a full moon while you worship the Grand Orange Man, right? <laughs> who else is tired of hearing these manic, irrational taglines of the left? We all are. In fact, the more they label me those things, the more I become those things, and unapologetically, in fact. I've talked about it in the past, and I've written pretty extensively about it. You know, what I see is the weaponization of the press. We talk a lot about the fact that rights with rights come responsibilities. I mean, so often we hear this with regards to the Second Amendment. But the only time we really hear about it with regards to the First Amendment is when the left refers to just about every criticism of them as being hate speech, which is nonsense. But the truth is that their irrational speech, irresponsible speech, is so often exhibited through their dishonest and manipulative narratives spewed as propaganda in the mainstream media. And that's where there's irresponsible with the irresponsibility with the First Amendment. Uh, the media is what divides us more than anything else in this country. It is not necessarily our politics or our different cultures or our skin color or ideological beliefs or whether or not we wear a ridiculous mask. It is how all the small pieces of those things are manipulated into bigger and more sensationalized talking points by the media in order to drive their ratings and ultimately their profits. You know, what I'm saying here is no surprise to anyone, right? We all know this. We all get this. We all understand what is happening. But how can we change it? You know, that is the bigger question. I think that many would agree that the rise of technology, and especially social media, is what has caused much of the problems we face, even as convenient as things like social media are. There are always bad that comes with the good, but that also works in reverse. There is always good that comes with the bad, and I think that is the perspective that so many more of us need to start taking again, and looking at what can we take that's bad about this and use it for some good, and that is the variety of perspectives and information that we get on there. You know, what I'm talking about is our ability to use the pieces of information from each other along with the technological resources we have to determine the real context and the real truth that our media often isn't sharing. We need to take all of the pieces and assemble the stories according to the real picture, not the one that people want painted based upon their predetermined and presupposed viewpoints. Yes, even with all of what we believe to be true, we still need to have the objectivity and the integrity to see and realize and understand the truth even when we don't agree with it. That is what is so hard for so many on both sides. But until we can start doing that, we are just going to grow further apart and we are going to continue to play into the hands of the narratives that the media wants to drive in an effort to divide us and profit off of that divide and the hatred that comes with it. 
Let's face it, the media has become the largest and wealthiest institution of hate in the country, ever. There is no independent vision or desire to report the truth, only greed, arrogance, and agenda-driven talking points carefully planned by elites within the system who seek to make themselves more powerful off of the misery of common American citizens from all walks of life. Anytime you have two drastically or radically opposing sides, it is often said that the truth lies somewhere in the middle. And that is almost always true. The truth may lean a little to the left or a little to the right, depending on how you view issues, but you can be assured that the truth almost never exists at the polar ends. Now, this does not mean that pieces of the truth or portions of the entire story may not legitimately exist at the polar ends, but in the scope and context of the larger issues, the truth lies somewhere generally more moderate. Let me give you an example, uh, because it can seem convoluted as I'm describing it, but it's simple. I'll use an example that's very timely and one that's very passionate right now with, with everybody, and that's to consider the violence that we're seeing in our streets as it pertains to protests or demonstrations or riots, and all of those things are happening. There have been legitimate demonstrations, there have been legitimate protests, and there have been undeniable riots. Now, on the left side, it's pretty much stated that these are all peaceful protests with a few bad actors. And on the right side, we generally feel that these are all violent mobs with the only intention of creating destruction and chaos. Well, I can tell you after watching months of these events across the country, at varying times of the day, varying days of the week, from live streams on the ground, not the media, actually watching these events with my own eyes, that the truth is very much in the middle when you look at the larger context. Not all of these events are violent acts intended to create destruction and chaos. But at the same time, the events that are highly lawless and very violent involve way more than just a few bad actors. But if you're getting your information from predominantly one source, and that source could be the mainstream media, it could be social media, it could be alternative media outlets online that specifically align with your viewpoints, you are truly only getting one perspective into what is happening. That is the big problem we all face. Because we are anchored to one side or another in favor of what we want to believe as opposed to using all of the individual pieces of the truth to understand what is truly happening. Now, this is natural. We seek, you know, what seems to fulfill our values. Why would we spend time watching something that makes us uncomfortable or angry that doesn't align with our core values? That's the difficult but necessary nexus that both sides need to confront. That area in the middle where the two opposing systems of greater value collide is where the shared value of absolute truth and integrity exists. We have to allow ourselves to be uncomfortable in that gray matter. So how do we get past that point? You know, the answer is not necessarily to spend time watching the news from opposing resources. In other words, if you currently watch Fox, it doesn't mean you need to watch CNN also, or the other way around, if you're watching CNN, that you you're supposed to watch Fox also. Now, it's, it's not necessarily a bad idea to spend some time with those alternative perspectives, but doing so will likely only further ground you in what you want to believe because of the way the narratives are driven by the resources to appeal to the emotions of what you want to believe. So watching those alternative sources for too long will likely only feel antagonistic to you. But there can be some value to it in small doses if you're willing to at least hear the different points of view. What I believe begins to dilute the divide we face is using various resources that allow us to get our information from things that we can see or hear with our, you know, our own eyes and ears, and or the information that we can gather from others who we may generally trust. One of the things that I found fascinating in the past several months is watching all of the live stream videos as events occur. 
What's very profound in these live streams is that no matter what you want to believe or think you believe, you are witnessing the actual behavior of what is happening, the actions, the behavior. That is what speaks the truth more than the things that are said. And some of these behaviors are what we would expect and some are not. But I believe the most impactful thing that I'm realizing is that we can witness events in real time instead of getting pieces of those events that the media chooses to share that in many cases are only brief clips that don't tell the entire story but rather the story they want to sensationalize. Now of course there's not going to be live streams or some of the other private commentary for all world events and certainly not even all the events here in America. But I do believe that the events that are causing us the most divide right now, the most heartache as a country are things that we are able to see with very little effort with our own eyes. And honestly, even if it takes a little effort, that is a responsibility we all own if we are going to heal this country and move forward. And we do need to move forward. We can't continue to go backwards. Those who follow me on Parlor have gotten regular doses of this, as I feel time and time again I've been a few steps ahead of what the media is reporting. And each and one of you can do each and every one of you can do the same thing. First, consider what's given to us by the media, and I'm only going to give them a few more seconds of my time. But they either witness or you know an event or receive tips, right? And that information is then funneled through the perspective of the journalist or investigative reporter, who maybe didn't witness the event themselves but took the tips they got. They then give it the flavor they want before it's handed off to an editor or producer who then looks at the information and gives it further spin according to their bias or the bias of the particular network. Then the information is shared with the public. There's so much opportunity for distortion there. It's it's like the game you played when you were a kid and I can't remember the name of what it's called but you have five or ten people together and you whispered a sentence into one person's ear and then you have them do the same to the next person next to them and it goes on and on and on until it gets to the last person. And when they repeat it, it's often changed, sometimes entirely. And at a minimum, the context of the original statement has been entirely perverted or compromised. And that's really what's happening with our mainstream media. From the moment an event actually occurs to the moment it's broadcast to the public, it's had so much spin and change and uh, adjustment to it that you're really not getting the context of what's happened. Well, here's the answer. More and more of the news that is currently topical is driven by the younger generations who are technically savvy, which is a benefit for all of us. A couple of times throughout the day and certainly every evening, I monitor or browse live streams. These are generated from many platforms. YouTube and Facebook are certainly the most popular and Instagram, but they can also be found on Periscope, Twitch, Broadcast Me, Stream Now, and, and several more. Knowing where to start is important, and that's where having a broad and trusted social network of your own comes into play. These live stream mediums are great, but how do you know where to go and look? It starts with having contacts in various areas of the countries. Contacts that are news junkies, if you will. People that are interested in current events that, that you might be. And the best place I have found for this, quite honestly, has been Parler. But use whatever network you're comfortable with. A platform that you have the widest network with. Parler just seems to be where I found the most rational conversation and, and an easy ability to connect with people um, across the country who you know that when they're speaking to you, you're getting information more often than not from a place of logic rather than emotion. And when an event happens locally, people typically post about it pretty quickly. That's a good place to start digging. And I'll give you an example of a recent incident that happened here in Wisconsin this past week, a mass casualty event as it was called. A friend of mine had sent me a message that a Facebook page she follows um, that is dedicated to posting active emergency response incidents 
had posted about a police scanner that had traffic regarding an active shooter. I was able to verify that and then pull up the police scanner myself on one of the police scanner apps on my phone. As events unfolded, I listened for addresses or particular landmarks and then went on to Google Earth, which allowed me to understand the environment in an otherwise normal state, but to see what exactly that area looked like and what was there. This also allowed, allowed me to understand what could possibly be happening and what very likely was not happening. Deductive reasoning is a very important tool. Uh, as the radio traffic went on, I was able to determine the number of victims and know that there were no fatalities. There was no call for a medical examiner, so that's how I knew that. But there were calls for four medical flights. Furthermore, police indicated they had the shooter in custody, which was a clear indication that, at a minimum, he was not killed and that there was no more threat and the scene was generally secure. I had all this information with a few minutes um, and knew that there was no additional victims. At this point, like I said, which was only a few minutes into the event, I knew the basic raw details of the event. I knew what had happened generally, a shooting. Of course, we don't know the motive and we should never speculate. But I knew where it happened, down to the address, which gave me further information that in this instance, it was a senior living apartment complex. I knew how many victims were involved, whether or not there were any immediate fatalities. I knew that the shooter was detained and that there was no further threat to the public. And that all four victims were flown by individual medical evacuation helicopters, to two different medical trauma centers in Madison and Milwaukee. These are the most critical and immediate newsworthy items. While the mainstream media, even the local affiliates, didn't pick this story up for more than an hour. And even then, the story that they gave was that police were on the scene of a reported shooting in the community with multiple victims and that no further information was available at that time. Think about how open-ended that is compared to what I had just previously told you and the kind of panic in where it can lead the mind to go. So if you're, if you're watching the mainstream sources, you don't know exactly where in the community this might be happening. You don't know if a threat still exists. You don't know, you don't have the most fundamental information that you instinctively want to know with regards to whether or not there's any further danger or threat. That fight or flight instinct that goes into place. And that is by design, folks. That is to play on the sensationalism to allow the minds of the typical viewer time to go to their presupposed corners to start playing on whatever narratives might be constructed in that moment. Think about it. Terrorism, riots, gun control, law and order, Antifa, crazed mass shooters. Those are the impulse reactions, right? That's where most people are going to go in those moments with little to no information. Objective thought is already lost or heavily tainted in that point. Now, with regards to that incident, police are still investigating motive and haven't released identities of anyone involved. But we now know that all four survived, all four are expected to survive, the four knew each other and were all seniors. One male shot two females and another male before shooting himself. There's a little more detail on that, but I'm not going to you know, get into all that now. But the story itself is mind-boggling. But here's a fascinating point. It fits none of the narrative talking points. So if you're among the mainstream crowd, you spent more than a day speculating all of the evil it could have been with regards to our current events. And as of right now, there's nothing to indicate it had any relation to any of those things at all. Furthermore, it was in an extremely rural community with a population of only a few thousand. Those are things and facts I was able to gather right away. Uh, yeah, I'm getting sidetracked here, but I didn't want to give an example of research and then leave the incident so wide open. So back on track, this was one example. I utilized my own social network before, uh, in this case, I utilized a Facebook group that contained people from the area discussing the event, and then ultimately a police scanner app to get the most immediate raw data. 
I'm back to live streams. I've been able to do the same with events all across the country using the very same processes. But in the case of protests, I've gotten even more information by watching feeds or watching channels that rebroadcast multiple feeds. There are several out there who either simultaneously rebroadcast in real time several streams across the country from protesters, or they do it individually and flip around between them. Or they gather information from amateur media on the ground filming these actions as they are happening. Now, some of those who operate the rebroadcasting channels are themselves well-connected across the country, so you're getting all kinds of additional information in real time about multiple events that are going on, which allows you to do a deeper dive into a specific one that you may find most interesting. Well, here's where I'm going to go with all of this. It takes little effort. Honestly, it's very little effort. But we can all get information well ahead of the media and in the context of what we are physically hearing and seeing, not what is heavily edited and then fed to us, and a sensationalized meal of sorts and appetizers to feed the fools. So I'll leave you with a few resources that I like. And you are welcome to use these or find your own. But these are the ones that I have found helpful as I monitor the news as it happens. Have a First, number one, have a vast social network. And by that, I mean one that is geographically vast. One where those in your network are likely to share newsworthy events that may be breaking as they happen or have recently just happened. Two, if your social network has groups, join those groups or pages that seem more official in nature and would most likely share breaking events that happen. Most, um, you know, use Facebook as an example, but there's usually scanner groups um, for individual areas that have people dedicated. They just listen to these scanners all day long and they drop things on there as they happen. Download a good police scanner app. My go-to is called Police Scanner Radio by Gordon Edwards. It's an orange icon with a walkie-talkie icon on it. Um, it's There are all sorts of alerts and filters you can set for it. I like that one the best. I found that it gives me the most information and can alert you when there are channels that go uh, live with a lot of active listeners. It lets you know something uh, is going on in those areas. I also use an app called Flight Radar 24. In the event that happened this week in Wisconsin, I was able to use that to confirm the four medical evacuation helicopters that were called and see their flight paths to the specific trauma centers. So I knew that these were actual medical helicopters. I knew where they were going. Uh, five, there are news apps you can download that will continually fetch breaking stories from a multitude of sources. This is a good supplement, but still subject to some bias. I use the app called uh, Breaking News and also one called Newsbreak. Uh, that those typically generate feeds local and national of things that are happening or breaking in real time. They're not as comprehensive as I'd like them to be, but it is a good supplement. Six, follow or subscribe to a good rebroadcast channel that provides live stream feeds. These usually only broadcast in the evenings, and each one varies depending on the day of the week, but I generally prefer PT News Network, After Action Report, and Wolf Nevy. Um, it's Wolf and N-E-V-E. I'm sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but I think the commentary on PT News is by far the best and most comprehensive. It's very pro-law enforcement, conservative, uh, but all three are very good to have as a resource, and they all cover breaking streams as things are happening. So, seven, lastly, pay attention to the feeds that those channels rebroadcast, and bookmark or follow those direct feeds if you wish. You can set alerts to be notified when they go live if you want. But that gives you the opportunity to follow things that may come up at other times of the day when some of these rebroadcast channels might not be on the air. I can pretty much promise 
you that after the first event you choose to personally dig into and watch unfold as things are happening, you will see a huge difference, a big gap between what you see the media report about it and what you've actually watched yourself. You'll have actual verifiable information in real time. It may sound like a lot of work, but it's really not. And once you have the resources, you can choose to follow them or not. You can choose to use them or not, but they are resources and they are going to get you more details quicker and more accurately than what you're going to get from the media. Uh, it, at the very least, you get information that you can see in here. I will caution you, though, that it can become even more addictive than your general activity on social media. It's easy to get lost in some of these events and suddenly realize four hours went by. But, however, I believe that's a very small expense for the value of having truthful news. And that's a wrap for today, friends. I really appreciate you tuning in this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope you have an awesome weekend. If you enjoy what you hear, I'd be so grateful if you'd take a minute to share it with your friends and family. Subscribe. Leave me a review if you would be so kind uh, on Apple Podcasts especially. Uh, but I am on every platform that you could possibly want to listen to me on. Uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor uh, as as you well know, iHeartRadio, uh, Podbean, Spotify, so many more. But feel free to follow and engage with me on Parler. It's P-A-R-L-E-R. My handle is at ExposingLibsBS. Or drop me an email at ExposingLiberalBS at gmail.com if you might be interested in being on the show. Friends, it is time for all of us to passionately take action. And we the people have a proud history of doing just that. You've been listening to the Federalist Forum. Thank you for your listenership and for your patriotism as we fight together to preserve the founding principles of our constitutional republic. Until next time, sapientia est potentia. Wisdom is power. <laughs>